It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey! Welcome, Patrick Johnson show here on this uh, Get You to the Weekend edition. It is our uh, Friday fun time, the feel-good edition. And uh, Pilk, no, they're at Pilkington producing the show today. Brian Mall's going to be with us. We're going to talk hoops and golf. Um, Pilk, oh, abrupt ending there. No fade down. Come on, Pilk, I'm singing your praises of what a great job you're doing producing and then and then you amateur hour move. hits. Yeah, you hit a rookie hit a rookie move. What the heck? Um, that intro has me with the uh, infamous Memphis call. I'll say famous, and but I'm I'm very modest and humble about it. You know what I mean? Of course. So of course. So the much maligned intro video for pirate basketball. Much maligned. Features me at the beginning with that Pirates win, Pirates win. Did you Have you picked up on that, or are you too busy being a chatty Kathy at the beginning of the game with somebody? Oh, no, I've, I've picked up on it. Okay. It, it, it doesn't just happen towards the beginning. It is the beginning. It is the beginning. That's a good point. I, I, we're usually standing by for television at that point. And so I uh, only hear my voice because I can't get enough of the sound of it. Again, I'm real modest and humble about all this. Just saying, Pilk. Yeah. Just saying. But I think that's pretty cool. It's kind of an honor to be in that is what I'm I'm gearing towards here or, or driving towards here. I think it's an honor to be involved. I would what say so. Think? Yeah. I mean, hey, how many people can say, other than the players and the coaches, that they are in the hype video in any way? Maybe a couple fans, yeah. but they're just it's just a quick clip of their face. So I think I'm thinking about this the other day. If you if you based on the game that happened Wednesday, I've had in the three plus years of calling uh, the games exclusively for the last two plus seasons uh, into the third season. Did some the season before I became the exclusive. And um, I've had four game winners that I've called. That Memphis shot, the transaction the other night. Yeah, Kennesaw State this year. Kennesaw State this year, and then Kennesaw State beating Northeastern in that MTE event. Yeah. Which also was a sports center top 10. Little known fact. It was. So the, the, the four of the. Four, and I don't know what happened the other night if it showed up on anything on ESPN, the pass. And, but I know three of those have made ESPN's Sports Center top 10. Now, that and $4 will get you some really fancy coffee. And uh, two, two, what was the nominations you guys got for Talk of the Town and that show in Kentucky you do? Yeah, I got a uh, Marconi. Marconi. Nominated is. for the Marconi. I mean, I'm, I'm the only two-time loser in the history of the Marconis in the same night. Only one, ever. Only one. 
Enough about me. Let's talk about me. Uh, off weekend, I'm looking forward to a little R&R, have some plans, cooking. Pilk, what do you got this weekend? With I, There is women's basketball tomorrow in town, but, but what do you have otherwise? Uh, I'm going to go to the women's basketball game and oh. then uh, watch some NFL football, I guess, all weekend. Watch the probably catch the second half of the Pirates and Blazers on the men's side. And yeah. um yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh probably watch other college basketball, but definitely excited for the NFL football playoffs. All right. You did your picks earlier on IGO, so we're not uh doing anything here that is uh you know, trampling on his exclusive segment. Cause I'm a I'm a giver. You know, I'm not a taker. So, um, who are your picks, Bilk? Uh, well, on Igo's show, we did them against the spread. So, for your show, I'll just go my straight-up picks because yeah, know, that's can fine. obviously vary. Um, I don't think all four home uh, although, teams... Although, wait a minute. Although, okay. I, I don't mind you doing it against the spread because it's for entertainment purposes only. True. I, got, I, I would have to remind myself of the lines, so... I don't have those in front of me. Well, then, then don't do it. Then just pick straight up. Yes, I mean, straight give up. All, give all the good stuff to Igo. And the show here, that's the dri- the number one drive time show in Greenville. Let's not worry about going full bore with a full show here. Let's just, let's, and by the way, I read, I get forwarded stuff on the message. People send me screenshots of the message board yeah. when they're talking about how fat I am and all this other stuff. And let me just tell you something. Somebody said, I like Pilk. He tells it like it is. Here's the thing you don't, you people don't want. I swear to you, you don't want this. You don't want me to really start telling it like it is. I'm being diplomatic because I kind of have to be in some of my vocations. But if they would, if I could just turn loose and go scorched earth on everything. Oh, oh, but I'm a gentleman. So don't do the don't do the lines. No need to bring the full entertainment value to this show, Mister Tell It Like It Is. According to some message board screenshot that I got, just give me your straight up winner. I was about to say, if you want me to relook up the lines, I can do it. No, 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 okay. no. I mean, so, here's my thing. I, I you don't, weren't a Boy Scout, were you, Pilkington? For like one year, and then it was like, yeah, uh, Boy Scouts or play basketball, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to hoop while I can, you right? Know? So. Right, you you weren't you weren't so you're not always prepared. No, um, so I it's weird. I don't think all four home teams win. I think somebody jumps up and gets bit. I'm just not sure who it is. So I'm right. gonna run with all four home teams and hope to go three and one in picks. Um, okay. If anybody jumps up and gets bit, I I know it sounds crazy. I think if anybody it happens, to anybody it's the Ravens though. Um, look, nah. the, is, and I'm not, and I will have not been high on Houston this year because I don't think they can sustain drives. I think they rely too much on explosion plays. But because the Ravens can score high and they can score high, they can get in those shootout. They, this could be a shootout type of game. And Houston does well in shootout games. So if the over hits, I could definitely see Houston pulling off the upset. Also, Lamar in the playoffs has been abysmal. But. Um, just straight up picking. Like I said, I'm not really sure who's going to jump up and get bit. So to hedge my bets, I'm going with all the home teams. Um, I'm okay. ready to watch Patty lose on the road in the playoffs. It's going to be fun. Go Bills. No. Um, he's used to the cold, but that that cold coming off that river, off that lake, is is different. 
Uh, give me the Ravens. We're doing just straight up picks here. Give me the Ravens. Give me the Niners. You big. Give me the Lions. Although I am tempted to maybe take the Bucks, but give me the Lions. And uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. And give me the Chiefs. He believes in Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I do. Any man that can coach with a mustache that was uh, had icicles hanging from it last week is a great coach. Great coach. That is true. The only thing we missed in that is the last time a game was that cold, we got to hear Lombardi say, what the hell's going on? <laughs> we didn't get that from Andy Reid. No, no infamous lines, but at least we got the infamous mustache. Well, the, the, the icicles hanging from the mustache, I maybe kept him from being able to yell. I think you the icicles I mean? were from him yelling. It was all the moisture from his breath. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, could have been all the moisture from his breath. He might have been a huffing and a puffing. Um, very good. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's our NFL. By, speaking of which, the Panthers, you know, we had Zoki on yesterday, right? Yep. Um, they're obviously continuing to look for their next head coach. Uh, they had a virtual interview with the Houston offensive coordinator yesterday. And I didn't realize that guy, Bobby, is it Bobby Slowick? I didn't realize Slowick was a defensive side of the ball guy before he went to San Francisco. And that's when he became an offensive guy. Isn't that interesting? That, that is, but when you talk to someone like Jeremy Lewis, for example, who you know he started at tight end and, and has made his way to the defense, they talk about how much they understand the second side of the ball better now because they understand what the where they came from, what that side is trying to do to them. So I think when a guy can make that jump and be successful at both, it really, you know, it's even that much more impressive and maybe is an advantage for the fact that he used to be a defensive guy because now he comprehends more of what defenses are trying to do to him than a guy who's done offense his whole life. And then uh, they talked to the Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. Now, you know, I, I think it's obviously wise to interview several cam- What is there a minimum that you – I know there's the Rooney rule, but is are there any um, other uh, – qual- you know, that you have to interview X amount of candidates, anything like that? We know a minority candidate has to be included in your candidate pool, but it seems to be like they're interviewing a wide swath. Is that accurate, Pilk? Yeah, that's accurate. I don't think there's too many rules. There is rules with, like – obviously the Rooney rule and then how many there has to be secondary interviews and I, you either have to bring in at least three guys I think for a secondary interview for a secondary you gotta have yeah. a round of three or, gotcha. or a yeah or a maybe if you only interviewed three then you could get away with two kind of thing I'm not really sure exactly how that works but I don't know with like I said with that first wave there's not as many rules as there is with the second well, wave here's how I kind of see this thing Pilk um I per, like I said yesterday, I would prefer if Carolina get a coordinator that, to be a head coach. But I think that coordinator needs to have had some head coaching experience. Well, what do if, you think? If you're going to coach under Tepper, you need to be able to put Tepper in his place. And some guy who's just been a coordinator his whole life isn't going to do that. So if you're Tepper and you want to be able to micromanage everything, you're going to hire a guy who's never been a head coach because you want a guy who can't stand up to you. But if you're a fan or you're someone who just wants what's best for the team, no, you're 100% right, Patrick. The problem is what I and the other you know, 500,000 Panther fans want 
and think is best for the team is different than the guy who's making the decisions. I think, uh, let me tell you, they should have hired or at least interviewed. I mean, maybe they did, but it hadn't been public. They should have interviewed Cliff Kingsbury. Now he's going to go to the Bears. And if Fields is kept as the quarterback, I think you'll see a huge difference in what's going on there. Yeah, I like Kingsbury. Bears fans I've talked to are very excited about him calling the plays. Yeah. Very excited. The thing is with Kingsbury, he needs a true good D.C. with him to be successful. No, I get it, but I'm just saying, right, you've got one in Carolina. You've got a scheme that works in Carolina. Why not get a guy like that who is an offensive – help me with the word here, Pilk – offensive – Guru. Renaissance man or guru, yeah. You know, even – even I mean, I just – I don't understand why you would – why that one would kind of slip through the cracks because that seemed like a pretty good one, and I think the Bears got a good one there. All right, got ECU basketball coming up this weekend. And uh, we'll do a pirate report next. Run through some of the comments that Coach Swartz made the other night and get you ready for ECU and UAB, which is coming up at 3 o'clock on Saturday with a 2.30 airtime here on 94.3 The Game. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right. Um, ECU at UAB tomorrow. Pilk, look up the last time these two teams played. All right. Uh, and uh, we're going to hear from Coach Swartz. Pirates trying to get off the two-game schneid. Uh, nine and nine overall. They are uh, two and three in the American, but could very easily with a road win. Of course, they're coming off a road win, the last road game they played. But uh, if they could get the victory tomorrow, they'd be back to five hundred in the conference, have ten wins, and your your mojo is a little different when you go into Wichita State uh, on uh, the following Wednesday. So uh, 2.30 will be the airtime here on 94.3 The Game, 107.9 WNCT, and the IBX Media app. Uh, Let's hear from Coach Swartz on uh, what he kept telling the players throughout the game against North Texas where the Pirates lost by one. I told the guys when the game started, I told the guys at halftime, and I told them this is going to come down to a possession game. This is high-level conference basketball, and we're a team that can compete with any team in this league. That sure. doesn't mean we can win every game, obviously, but we have the ability to compete and beat anybody, but we also have the ability to lose to anybody, and we know that, and that's where we are right now. In terms, and that, But that's every team in conference play. All right. Um, hello. We got uh, some folks watching on uh, the YouTube feed. Very special folk watching on the uh, YouTube feed. So, hello. Um, let's see here. Uh, Coach Schwartz on talking through uh, what happened. Is this at the end of the game he's talking about, Pilk? So, particularly at the end of the game. We shoot 60, 61% from the free throw line. Is that what we shot? 61%. Yeah. And uh, that hurts in a game like this that's a slower-paced game. Uh I thought we defended well. You know, I mean, we shot 42% versus a team that's an elite defensive team in terms of our field goal percentage you got to make the freebies we didn't but we still were in position we made shots down the stretch we missed a couple they made some they missed a couple and it comes down to one play at the end not that that play is the only play uh but you give them credit on on, on a 
on a heave play. On a heave play. They, you know, they, they balls, it's, it's a Hail Mary, and they came down with it. All right, uh, let's see here. Jaden Walker, uh, the impact he had on the game. I thought he was fantastic the other night, and he obviously has been dealing with a nagging injury. Injuries are a part of basketball. Jaden is dealing with a pretty good nagging one, and I, I'm very proud of Jaden. I mean, he makes a huge impact on our team yes. when he is, is what he was tonight. And, you know, it, you know, Quentin would make a huge impact on our team. These are really good guards, high major level guards that yes. can play in these games and, and impact these games. And, uh, you know, I just we just weren't, weren't able to, 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 to close out the last possession, but I'm very proud of Jaden. All right, and then uh, the psyche of this team going forward after such a tough loss. We started to address it right just now. You have to. I mean, um, just understanding that, look, I know this program and this team, we're not where we're going to be. And I, and I, I guarantee that. We're not where we're going to be in terms of this program, whether it be this year and in the future. But I do know on any given night, this team and what these guys put into it, we can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to get the result we want every time, and they're going to come down to some miraculous plays. We've been on the other end of some of that sometimes. But the guys understanding that as we're pushing this thing up this mountain, that we can go toe-to-toe with anybody. But it's going to come down to possession games, and fouling jump shooters late in the game is stuff we got to eliminate. Those are sometimes those are, those are just more young mistakes than they are anything else. And we're going to get there, but each time is a learning experience, and we will get better from this game. Uh, Swartz talking about uh, what happened on the final play. It's, it's the same. It's a Hail Mary. I mean, it's Hail Mary. We had our guys back. I mean, uh, you know, it's a Hail You, you know, it, it wasn't like there was one second or .5 seconds where you can just put five guys back. Okay, like you give that ball to Jason Edwards in the backcourt, three seconds, he's going to get a great shot. I mean, with 1.3, Ezra hit the backboard. So a shot with three seconds left, that kind, there's a number of ways it can go. And, I mean, th- th- there was no screening and running around by North Texas. That was a look back. They, I saw their players. We have no timeouts. And they did a great job staying composed. The kid took the ball out. And they just heaved the ball, and the ball was up there. I mean, that would have been called a duck in, in, in football. I mean, that thing was up in the air. And Hail Mary catch, and he makes it, and, and he's able to put it in. And you give them credit, credit for the pass, credit for the poise, credit for the catch, credit for the layup. Uh, Coach Swartz, uh, we, we've already had this one guy. He kind of talked about this already in six. The same thing as um, – uh, well, we uh, four, I guess, right? So let's go to seven uh, on the vast soundbite roster. The late offensive possession that gave ECU the lead, and we're talking about R.J. Uh, Felton's shot here. So here's Coach Swartz on that as we wrap up uh, our audio portion of the Pirate Report. Yeah, you know, one other time we had we had gone to an isolation for R.J. at the elbow uh, that we do, and R.J. has very good, you know, numbers there in doing that, and they got a stop, and they went down and scored, and we went two times in a row knowing we have an action that we can, you know, work to get R.J. going downhill, and he did it both times. I mean, one time he got a layup. I thought it was a physical drive, physical contact. Uh, you know, again, I can't make too many comments on what I see, but I, I know what I think I see, and um, it was a physical drive. And then the next time was, you know, he got it and they 
they did a nice job cutting him off, and he got to his spot, and, and, and he made a mid-range jump shot. Um, so, you know, we, we knew RJ had the hot hand, um, and we were going to stay with it. And, I, you know, we, we love RJ. But I'll put RJ, Brandon, Ezra, Cam, put Brandon back at the free throw line next time. I know he'll make them. I mean, there's no – there's no, it, we just di- – it didn't go in tonight. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it's interesting the four he mentioned there and, and maybe who he didn't mention. Um, but, you know, to me, you, you, you do have to – I'm not saying he's just saying that, but you have to say that because you, you want these guys to be confident moving forward. Uh, Pilk, when's the last time these uh, two played? Obviously, they were Conference USA foes. Yeah, it was uh, February 1st, 2014 in Birmingham. Pirates won the game 74-67. to so it's uh, almost ten years since ECU has played UAB. How about that? Good, good uh, news and uh, nuggets there, Pilk. On that, good stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, again, the airtime tomorrow, two thirty, three o'clock. Tip from Birmingham in the Bartow Arena, and uh, you can uh, listen to it here on ninety four three, the game, or on one hundred seven point nine WNCT, or the IBX Media app. All right. Uh, many of you know, I am uh, currently working with East Carolina weight loss. Uh, done really well, about 14 pounds down in a month's time, which is pretty good. Uh, look, uh, this isn't one of those deals where you're on drugs or it's an injection type of thing. You know, that's that's uh, fancy and apropos now. Uh, you're, you're doing this naturally safely and effectively without counting points without counting calories no exercising i'm a, i hate exercising i need to get back to walking more it's so cold out though and no prepackaged meals like i said no drugs no surgery no injections with the risk of serious side effects because that's been happening um I encourage you to go to eastcarolinaweightloss.com to schedule your free consultation. You can go on this journey with me. Uh, the phone number you could call also is 252-496-3610. 496-3610 here in Greenville. Eastcarolinaweightloss.com. Look, I, you can go to restaurants and eat. There are certain foods you can eat as much as you want. I, I mean, I was a big snacker. And I have not uh, had any issues with a desire to eat because of this program, uh, snack between meals. In fact, a couple nights this week, I've kind of had to force myself to eat something for dinner, like a protein at least, because I'm just not hungry. And, uh, you know, I will, we'll keep going. We'll keep plugging ahead. Cause I got a long way to go. I'll be the first to admit that, but, uh, we are down quite, or I'm down quite a bit since, uh, this started. And, um, I'm very proud of that fact. So, uh, again, EastCarolinaWeightLoss.com. Let me give you that phone number again if you want to call and, and mention me. It's 252-496-3610. All right, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. And then we're going to get Brian Mull on to talk some uh, hoops. And Mull's going to be on to talk some golf. Here's Pilk. Thanks, P-Man. Starting in Pirate Basketball, the team has added a new addition to the roster. Is Ben Vungo, 
from Southern Coast Academy in Orlando has been added to the team. He is a six foot seven freshman of Angolian descent that has played on the Angolian national team. He will be immediately eligible to play for the Pirates men's basketball program. The men will be back in action tomorrow when they take on UAB at three o'clock airtime at two thirty right here on ninety four three the game as well as our sister station one zero seven nine. Also, be sure to come out to the women's game tomorrow at 2 o'clock as they take on the SMU Mustangs. Bill O'Brien has taken the job as the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. The former Houston Texans head coach was most recently the offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. The Canes will be back in action tonight as they host the Detroit Red Wings. They try and bounce back after a tough loss to the LA Kings on Hall of Fame night on Monday afternoon when they inducted Justin Williams into the team's Hall of Fame. The Hornets will host the Spurs tonight. This could be an opportunity to snap a six-game win streak as the Spurs come in with only seven wins on the season, one less than the Hornets. However, they did blow the Hornets out in San Antonio just a few weeks ago. That'll do it for your 94 3 game sports flash update and a pirate report on the other side of this timeout. We'll be joined by Brian Mole, the golf and basketball writer, to preview everything with this week's golf tournament as well as everything going on in the world of college hoops. Download the new IBX Media app now and get the show for your ears and eyes. Doesn't it look great on me? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, we got Mole. There he is. Brian Mull. What are you on the road this week? It looks like a road trip for you, potentially there, Mull. Yeah, I had to do a little traveling. Okay. <laughs> had to get away. All right, now say no more. Say no more, Maul. Say no more. All right, uh, we've got a lot to talk about here. South Florida knocks off Memphis last night. How about that? And, you know, Memphis had kind of been living on the edge, but the Bulls got him last night and got him in Memphis, got him at the FedEx Forum. Yeah, that was impressive. Uh, quite the comeback. Uh, I think they were down 20 yeah. at one point in that yeah. game or, or close to it. And um, I felt like South Florida made a good hire and would continue to improve. Uh, that's a loss that, that certainly hurts Memphis, um, but doesn't crush their NCAA tournament at large hopes. But, uh, you know, you never like to lose one at home. Uh, but I think it just speaks to the depth of this conference ranked number nine in Ken Palm. And uh, you can make an argument that maybe it's even a touch stronger than that may end up eighth or seventh. And, um, you know, I think a lot of teams that were maybe finding themselves in the non-conference, whether they had a coaching change or a roster overhaul or uh, are really starting to play better basketball now that we're into league play. Uh, Brian Mull with us. Follow him on X at BG Mull. He tweets about golf. He tweets about college uh, basketball. He tweets about music sometimes. Um, you see, I, look, I'm, you're, I, I'm not a UCF fan on any level. I like Johnny Dawkins, but I'm not a UCF fan on any level. Um, but they go to Texas and win. They've knocked off Kansas. Is is you know we kind of were thinking. In, uh, private conversations and even maybe here on the show that they might be of the new additions to the the Big 12 the one that would struggle the most 
But, I mean, it's a destination. It's warm. They've got a great arena. Johnny's got a great reputation as a, a class act. And then how about the ridiculous thing with the horns down and that guy bitching and moaning about it? And, and Johnny Dawkins could have eviscerated the guy in the press conference, but he's so classy he did not. But anyway, my point is, you, see, you know, what a great job done by, by Dawkins. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, UCF, uh, they had a couple of questionable losses in the non-conference, and you're kind of scratching your head and thinking this team is not equipped or prepared to go into what is historically over the last decade been the strongest conference top to bottom in college basketball. And, uh, yeah, two and two, uh, 11 and five overall. Um, you know, certainly not in the at-large conversation at this point, but the beautiful thing about being a member of a league like the Big 12, you have an opportunity to enhance your resume every single night, and they are, they are taking steps in that fashion. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. They hook up with old American rival at Houston over the weekend, Ooh. and uh, certainly that will be a, uh, a difficult task. But, uh, you know, I just think it speaks also to the parity that we're seeing around college basketball, whether whether it's some of the mid-major conferences that I follow closely or even at the top that um, really, you know, it's an old cliche, but on any given night, uh, any of these conference teams are capable of knocking off any of the others. Not only was I watching uh, the end of the USF uh, Houston uh, upset last night, but I watched a lot of uh, Asheville knocking off Winthrop, going into their building and doing that. That's a hell of a game. And who's the kid for Asheville? Pender? Pim- Pember? Drew Pember. Uh, God, he's amazing. Unicorn. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Gets three, leads the nation for the second year in a row in free throw attempts and makes – um, rebounds the ball, uh, a guy that you feel like could get a triple-double at any given moment. Uh, and, uh, you know, he signed with Tennessee out of high school yep. and uh, obviously, you know, just wasn't quite physical enough for a Rick Barnes style and the SEC and has just found a home now in his third year at Asheville, uh, a dominant force in that conference and certainly a, a – you know, gives them an opportunity with with a great coach like Mike Morrell to uh, get back to the NCAA tournament in what is probably the the strongest Big South uh, in, in recent memory, um, top to bottom. Just a, a lot of old dudes, uh, a lot of experienced teams enhanced through the portal and a really competitive league at the top. Pember, uh, he's at least going to play in the G League and, and could play overseas. Now, he may even get a shot at the a true shot at the NBA, but I mean. He just, he, I was impressed by him, and he's so in control. He's just great, just great. Uh, Brian Mole with us here. All right, uh, let's talk a quickly about ECU in North Texas, who is now the first-place team in the American. How about the Mean Green? Uh, and I think they've got a great coach, too. I, th- I think they made a tremendous hire by elevating within it, with, from within. Uh, that guy's got a lot of JUCO experience, which in this day and age is invaluable because JUCO builds that roster year to year. And that's where we are now, especially in basketball. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, that. Let's get the pirate perspective. Well, I, I'm sure if you weren't watching it, you've seen the sequence at the end by now. You can't let that happen at home in a conference game. Uh, that's a tough way to lose. But I think when you really break that game down, the pirates lost it 
in two places. And yeah, it comes down to the final play and that's what everyone will remember, but you can't give up 15 offensive rebounds on your home floor in a conference game. Mm. That's just uh, putting too much pressure on your defense. And then you can't shoot 60% from the free throw line. And uh, I think the problem I've seen with this East Carolina team is the offense was really good in the non-conference because they were playing with a little bit more pace and getting out in transition. And now that they've gotten into more of the half-court grind of, of conference play, the defense is better, but the offense has just been spotty. It's been inconsistent. Um, players from night to night not being as reliable. And as good as Pettiford has been, he's been elite at you know, uh, playmaking assist-to-turnover ratio, but I think they need more scoring from him Uh just uh, night in, night out, he needs to be a guy who's right around double figures. Do you call the push? Now, I go says Eads in the office apologized to uh, Swartz, and I don't know if he said this specifically, but it was interpreted, I think, by people that they um, that the league called Mike immediately after. Mike called the league. Mike called Eads immediately after. Uh, it wasn't the other way, but the but the the. Point is, and I goes right about this, and I'd heard the same thing. The conference said, "Look, you got blanked. We, we know." So, and, and look, that's a Final Four crew. That was final guys referring the Final Four on that crew. You can't look. They swallowed the whistle because Brandon Johnson traveled at the end, and they didn't call it. Right. So, I mean, they did swallow the whistle. But I mean, you got to make the. I, I contend, whether you're swallowing the whistle or not, Brian. Had ECU been the team on the road in Denton throwing the Hail Mary and Brandon Johnson or anybody, Ezra Azar had pushed off, it had been called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would feel like at home you're going to be on the right side of that whistle. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was a tough call. It's a it's a tough way to, to lose a, a very important game. They're all important. But um you know, officiating is hard in the moment. It's easy for us at home with the luxury of replay. And, and, and um, you know, it's difficult. The best guys, those guys probably have a 90-plus percent accuracy rate. That's why they've called the games they have. And, um, yeah, it's a tough way to lose. But, again, I think ECU could have had a, had a couple possession lead in that game if they would have uh, been a little better on the glass and, and, and knocked down a few free throws. Yeah, absolutely. Um Going to UAB, what's the book on the Blazers? Well, I think Andy Kennedy was – who I think is a terrific coach um, and uh, just a great guy. And, and, and a uh, great broadcaster. You know, he was so good on He was TV a phenomenal was broadcaster. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah he, did a, he did, a, did an incredible job. And, um, look, he had to overhaul his roster. He lost the meat from an excellent NIT runner-up team last year and uh, had to bring in a lot of transfers, acquired a lot of talent, but it just it wasn't fitting together very well early. And I think he was particularly peeved about their defense and toughness, which uh, were not to his standard whatsoever. Uh, since they've gotten into conference play, the defense has improved. Um, they do have a, you know, a lot of scoring talent on offense, and they're very tough at home historically. Uh, you know, they dropped a couple earlier this year, but but it seems like they're starting to find their way. And he's a guy that I'm all, I'm never going to count out. I'm always going to bank on an Andy Kennedy team improving. He's always going to have – he's never going to be shorthanded in the talent department. And uh, he'll find the guys who are willing to defend, and they'll be the ones that are in the rotation going forward. So uh, this is a tough test 
for the Pirates. I mean, they're just there are not many pushover games in this league right now, and uh, there it, it's not desperation for ECU, but uh, this, they'll have to go down there and earn it. Andy Kennedy won nearly 250 games at Ole Miss. That should tell you a lot right there. Uh, but his yep. previous three years at UAB, here are his victories. 22, 27, 29. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy, he's just great. Just a great coach. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about it, North Texas sitting atop the conference standings right now? You know, they just keep getting it done. I mean, here's the team that's missing its starting backcourt. And for most programs in America, I don't care, <laughs> name a team, if you take away their starting guards and now you're going into conference play and you're going on the road and you would think, uh-oh, disaster, losing streak. We're just not going to be able to finish games. And that program just content. You talk about consistency. Uh, I agree with you. Made a tremendous decision to just promote from within. They had something, a style that worked, a recruiting base that worked. Uh, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. And they're tough. They've been in. A, they are very comfortable in one and two possession games with the slow, deliberate style they play. And they just don't give you many comfortable looks on offense. Everything's challenged tough on the glass, and it doesn't seem to matter who's in the uniforms there. Uh, you know, they lost their their dominant guard from last year, and, and like I said, down their starting backcourt this year, and then in a new conference and just chugging along right at the top where they're, where they're comfortable. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, let's get a break. We'll come back. I want to ask you a little bit about the weekend schedule. I want to ask you about the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin moment in the uh, NC State weight game. I'm not talking about the physicality where there was a stunner on a layup. No, I'm talking about the double bird. So I'm going to ask you about all of that and uh, get a little golf talk in, if time allows, here with Brian Mull. He's going to stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after this timeout, and uh, Mull will have uh, more here on the PJ Show. And now... The stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, Brian Mall uh, with us uh, here at BG Mall on X. You can uh, follow him there. Tweets out good stuff. Uh, Brian, Wolfpack have won back-to-back games. They'll host Virginia Tech tomorrow. Uh, let's hope that uh, no middle fingers will be extended. Yeah, that's uh, – <laughs> look, I'm not one to condemn or judge. We've all made bad decisions between the ages of 18 and 23. But you just got to understand now, in this era, everything is being recorded all the time. And you're not going to get away with it, and there's going to be repercussions for your actions. And it's emotional, and you get, we all get caught up in the heat of the battle. But you just got to control yourself out there and have a little bit of discipline. And, uh, you know, there uh, there was not a lot of control on the NC State side. Uh, Kevin Keats getting ejected in the first half. But the Wolfpack pulled it out. I mean, they looked dead to rights in that game for 35 minutes, outplayed, outhustled. But Middlebrooks was the difference maker. Um, it was mm-hmm. his game down the stretch. He absolutely took over on both ends, uh, scoring and also his defense late. And uh, – Kind of a different type of win for the Wolfpack. A tough game, a game that, like I said, didn't look like it was going their way. And 
and they were able to to pull it out uh, five and one in a very weak ACC. Um, and let me, you know, the ACC schedule is so backloaded now that the month of January, just, you know, go on a skiing trip, take a nap. I mean, you look at this weekend's lineup, snooze fest That's brutal. city. They've, you know, yeah. they've just backloaded okay. all the games after the NFL, which I get it. But uh, I mean, how many times is Duke going to play Pittsburgh? UNC is <laughs> going to play Boston college. I mean, yeah. Louisville should, should join the CAA. Um, I mean, it's just a comic. It's a clown show. Clemson's a pretender, fraud, non-conference heroes once again. Um, just, just, just a sad state of affairs for the Atlantic Coast Conference. What's left of it, and and who knows how long. Come on, Mo. You say that Louisville should join the CAA. Drexel and UNCW would kill Louisville. Come on, it's too big of a conference <laughs> for them. Maybe, Louisville could maybe fight for the top four and, and get a bye in the CAA first round of the tournament. Maybe avoid pillow fight Friday. <laughs> Ball and I have called games on pillow fight Friday in that tournament before. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of the CAA, Charleston Wilmington this weekend has that lost a little luster? Oh no. It's going to be electric. Uh, it's been sold out for a week. This will be UNCW's third yeah. consecutive home look, home sellout. And you know is, what? I think look, the fans at Wilmington are just happy that a, a legitimate team from Division One is actually coming to play there. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a home <laughs> game until conference season started. The schedule which is, was uh, awful. Which is a whole nother story. I mean, yeah, they got some great opportunities on the road, but it's just an embarrassment of a schedule for a mid-major program of that caliber not to have a Division One home game. But that being said, um, this is a game that will will determine uh, a lot, uh, you know, potentially the regular season champion. Um, and also there's about a five or six team group that are fighting for those four buys. And uh, in Wilmington's case, you certainly cannot lose at home, especially when you have to turn around and go down to Charleston in about two weeks. And uh, you lost to them three times last year, including the conference tournament championship game. So, it should be electric. Uh, UNCW will be a slight favorite. And and honestly, uh, with their veteran team and Charleston losing a lot of key pieces off last year, the, this is a game UNCW should should win, coming off a nice win over Elon last night. And, and how about our guy Pat Scary going down to Charleston and just uh, bullying the Cougars last night in a very impressive, thorough victory? Yeah, how about that? Pat Scary's done a great job at Towson over the years. Okay, some golf talk here before we go. How about this? Sure. Um, Angel Cabrera can return to the Masters if he gets a visa after just getting out of the clink. That uh, news kind of broke, I think, later yesterday or this morning. Um, I don't know how that works. Will he be able to get a visa <laughs> after being in prison? I mean, who makes that decision? Is it his home country? Is it our country? Is it both? Uh, does, do the lawyers... Are they able to have enough influence and say, look, this guy's not dangerous. He just made some horrible decisions. Um, if you've ever wanted to be a fly on the wall in the, the, the champions dinner between the PGA live guys and then now <laughs> the convict, um, uh, I, I, I mean, there could be some fascinating moments, uh, awkward conversations. Uh, I, I just, uh, this is really uncharted territory. But good for Augusta Nationals saying, you know, we're not going to kick you out. You've paid for your crime. Uh, you're, yeah. you're welcome to yeah. come back, 
compete in the tournament, but uh, you got to you got to clear things up with with the, with the people first. And got a, uh, you got a little cleanup to do. Got a little cleanup to do. <laughs> um, I see where the senior or the champions tour is out in Hawaii, so that's good for Stewart Sink. Maybe getting two or three weeks out there. Um, the American Express is going on right now. Uh, there's a two way tie at the top, uh, including Zach Johnson. Uh, this is uh, well. How's the field on this? It's not pretty good, actually. Got some. I mean, you got your guy Xander Shoffley in there. A decent field, JT. Yeah, yeah. Better, strong. Uh, this event in, in recent years, the last decade or so, has kind of been one that a lot of players would skip. But uh, this is the strongest field it has had in some time. Uh, it's a great place, uh, you know, having been out there and worked that tournament in the past and in my past life, like it really is a great place to kick off your season. Uh, incredible practice facilities, perfect weather, golf courses are immaculate, very little, uh, there's no conditions, you know, it's sunny, uh, 70 degrees, no wind. So it's really a nice place if you haven't played a whole lot or competed a whole lot in the last couple of months to, to kind of iron out some some kinks and uh, and get yourself in position for, for the rest of the West Coast swing. And and I think, you know, build your confidence a little bit because, look, the, the winning score of this thing is going to be in the high 20s, if not 30 under. Uh, the, it's a birdie fest. Right. Uh, famously called a bleeping putting contest by John Rahm, who won the event uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> and, um, uh, it, you know, so that is what it is. You know, it's, it's, uh, you got to hold some putts, make some birdies, make an eagle or two and, um, and avoid the water. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how it pans out. Uh, and, uh, good, good for that event. So it's a long standing event on the tour. Good for it to, uh, to have a little star power this year. Do we know what's what the, the schedule is? I mean, do we have an idea of what the PGA schedule is going to look like legitimately for the rest of the year? We we have a schedule for this year. Um, okay, it's yeah. The schedule for this year is solid. Okay, uh, of course the the elevated events have have been rearranged a, a, a little. Um, you know, the certain events uh, that were elevated like last year, like Scottsdale, the, the, the waste management is not this year. They're, they're trying to appease all of their longtime sponsors by giving them an you know, elevated event, guaranteeing them a strong field. But, um, yeah, the, the tour live discussions, which were uh, – initially there was a December 31st deadline. That has been extended. That was not realistic with all the various parties that have right. to be involved there. Um, it, it looks like this, uh, this management group with uh, – Several professional sports team owners is is looking at investing a, a large sum of money. That's the latest on that, but I'll believe it. Um, you know, when the when the papers are, are, are signed, and uh, yeah, I mean there is uncertainty going forward after uh, this this upcoming season of what things are going to look like. All right, fifteen seconds. Who's poised to have a big year on the tour this year? I expect Justin Thomas to bounce back. Uh, you know, he's too talented. I think last year was very frustrating for him. He, he tried some different things with his diet. I mean, he's he's going to have a good year. He'll win a couple of tournaments. Okay. Hey, Maul, have a great weekend. Okay, you too, Patrick. Thanks. There he goes, Brian Maul. All right, uh, thanks to Brian for being with us. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe out there, and we'll see you Monday morning at 7 on Talk of the Town. And back here, 3 o'clock, 
for the video portion. Five o'clock, PJ Show on 94.3 The Game. I will have ECU Baseball Media Day coverage. And, and, Mike Mullis in the studio. Molly Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.